Welcome to the Inquisitive Minds Podcast. This podcast is all about searching for answers to questions oftentimes unexplained or unexplored. We want to engage with new and sometimes old theories, psychology, or philosophy from a research-based perspective. Hello and welcome to the eighth episode of the Inquisitive Minds podcast, where today we're taking a little step back from our normal research-based discussion. We're getting into more of a conversation today about cancel culture or cancel culture versus consequence culture, how it's portrayed, what's happening, and kind of what we think about the topic. Try not to be too um, subjective, try to be more objective about what's going on in the world and kind of, and then kind of open it up a bit more to a discussion about what we think might be the cause, what might think, what we might think will be the pros and the cons of this kind of social movement that's happening today. So, John, how are you doing today? What do you think of this? And are you excited to do a little bit more of a conversation and discussion-based podcast? I'm doing pretty good. I'm totally excited to do a very like discussion-heavy uh, podcast. I think it'll be a lot of fun kind of stepping away from sort of just peer research which with mm-hmm. the caveat is this is more discussion sometimes our opinions so it's less formal but the topic mm-hmm. itself is is quite interesting because i didn't really know much going into it like i'm not a big twit i don't even have a twitter i'm very low okay. social media <laughs> presence like in terms of cancel culture mm-hmm. I, I i just figured um, people said something harmful or hateful. They did something harmful and they would get canceled essentially. Like, and that's as, yeah. as far as my initial thing was, but like the more I looked into it, the breadth of cancel culture seemed to be pretty wide. It went into a lot mm-hmm. of different areas that I did not even think of whether that be a good good or bad it's up to your interpretation i suppose but mm-hmm. yeah like what are your, your twitter goers so what what were your initial thoughts of cancel culture well my twitter presence is also fairly low i don't really tweet much um but i do kind of scroll and i'm uh, i like to be in tune with what's going on in the news and i just kind of use twitter as a news feed essentially um of course, when you when you're on Twitter and using it as a news source, you have biases, and I have my own biases that will give me certain news that I probably am more aligned with. So that that's something I have to understand. But with regards to cancel culture, what I initially thought was that we had we had a group of people who were outing other individuals who were, as you said, had done something egregious, like something racist or misogynistic, that was actionable according to a group of individuals who were also on the same social media platform or maybe they had seen them do this thing um, in real life and they were reporting it on the social media platform so this to me was most mostly a virtuous thing it was something good something like something that was removing harmful individuals from our society that was my initial thought going in and doing a bit more research it it didn't that was that was the initial reason cancel culture came about, but I don't think what it's morphed into I think is different, and um, we'll get mm-hmm. into that. We'll get into that quite a bit. So, Johnny, I wanted you to start us off like we normally do with a definition. What is your kind of 
maybe maybe it'll be broad, but what do you think is the definition for cancel culture? For for me, the the definition is sort of like a modern day ostracism, mm-hmm. like almost like a social shunning. Like it kind of reminded me of ostracism because it's sort of like citizens being like expelled like any act or acts of ignoring and excluding of an individual or groups by an individual or a group itself so like Mm -hmm. to me that sort of would be my sort of definition of cancel culture but like it morphs around so much to in these like today's age that like it probably doesn't encapsulate all of it yeah I, I had a similar definition and that used the word ostracism as well. And mine was, it's a modern form of ostracism where someone is thrust out of society or professional circles. They are said to be canceled, i.e. cancel culture. Uh, consequences of cancel culture can be a loss of reputation or loss of income and can be hard to recover from. And I think that's one of the different things compared to older forms of ostracism where if you were kind of ousted in a certain social circle, you could find a new one. You could kind of move or you could find a new job or something that mm-hmm. kind of made it easier for you to get back to a steady, normal life. But nowadays, because it's so public to everyone, because information is omnipotent, we just <laughs> we, we just can't uh, avoid these kind of cancellations. In, in some people's regards, they can't, they can't get away from them and they ruin their lives. Yeah, it sort of like follows you around. Like, say, like an employee goes to Google your name, and all of a sudden they see all this stuff from, from like a few years ago, and how you got fired mm-hmm. from this job and that job and this and that. When they're like, "Oh, I don't want to hire someone that has these views or something," for example, like, yeah, you can't just like walk somewhere else and go somewhere else. It's it's always there. It's it's similar to that of a of a criminal record, I think when you're looking for specifically when you're looking for jobs is if somebody sees that you have a criminal record they might be less likely to hire you right Mm -hmm. um and a lot of a lot of jobs well i think it's mandatory that you give in your criminal record for a job application so in this case nowadays it's almost mandatory that an employer will google an employee a potential employee to see what's going on and that's why people like to make sure that their social media presence is uh, up to date when they're applying for jobs but if you're if you've been a a hot ticket on Twitter or something for because you got canceled, your name comes up and then what can you do, right? You just mm-hmm. you cannot move on. And that that was one of the biggest um, cons of cancel culture. But we'll get there. We'll get into that, and we'll also provide some pros. So right now we we do our normal history segment. So Johnny, what do you have for history today for cancel culture? This is like a a tough one because like. It's since it's sort of like a, a modern thing with sort of social media, mm-hmm. it's I I tried to go beyond that and think of more of like an old olden day like cancel culture and ostracism obviously comes to mind. Mm-hmm. So like to me, sort of like the Scarlet Letter could sort of have some parallels. Oh, okay. With, <laughs> with like like people sort of collectively shaming or public humiliation. Mm-hmm. Like by the community, um, just another for those one. Who, just for oh, those sorry. who don't know, what what is the Scarlet Letter? What um, happened? She committed adultery, mm-hmm. essentially, or I guess like she had an affair, and 
she had a child and then i guess the community found out or whatever and was like shaming her and stuff like that for adultery Mm -hmm. um and then the other one that sort of came to mind was was centered around heresy so like the definition of heresy is an opinion that is at odds with what is generally accepted oh okay so you know we we preach critical thinking and this is um one of the things they tell you about critical thinking is is you know just because your beliefs are contrary to what others believe doesn't mean it's necessarily wrong exactly and like to commit heresy back in the day like you were sort of burned or even killed like you're burned and killed like this is a religious connotation though i believe yeah totally yeah okay but like today to draw the parallels would be sort of like being canceled so like Mm -hmm. having opposing views i guess isn't and being punished for them isn't something that's totally new Mm mm-hmm but obviously the scale of the punishment is obviously dialed way back but yes yeah for sure in some regards right like i said before if you were kind of ostracized within your community you could go to a different community yeah but but that's you know not that far back in history um because back back then when you're talking about the scarlet letter i'm assuming that woman uh didn't have a have the means to travel outside of her community so we're speaking of like a pre-internet modern era, I think, yeah. where, yeah, for for sure. Now, um, I wanted to, I didn't have much for history on this topic because I was thinking more of like a personal history. Like what was the first time I encountered cancel culture in my life? And it was kind of uh, shown what, what could happen to someone. So Johnny, I want you to start us off. Do you have a personal example of cancel culture? Um none that was like like that hit like close to home or like that really resonated with me or like it was mostly like oh like i see another person getting canceled or this person like Mm -hmm. like the 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 one that i probably followed the closest would be like the smash bros related one last year Um, okay but to that extent like nothing big or anything like my examples i have aren't aren't any crazy or big popular ones okay what about, yeah, and, what, what's your big one that... well the first time i got i've ever seen it was in 2015 when i was watching the news and we had all been you know on youtube and there was a youtube sensation going around where a man when interviewed by a female reporter would instead of answering the female reporter's questions just say f her in the p and f her right in the p and it was like it's something you probably remember um and there was a lot of videos circulating around the same type of thing and it was kind of like back in the day a lot of men had a laugh and nowadays it's terribly terribly misogynistic and kind of gross and it still is gross it was gross then it's gross now but I remember watching the news and a man at a Toronto football, uh, like soccer, TFC game, was being interviewed by a female reporter and he was answering a question and another guy came up right behind him and was like, F a right in the P. And the female reporter like just had had enough because she she said, I've, I get this like every day. I get this 10 times a day. I'm trying to report. I'm trying to do my job and men are just doing this same one liner and laughing their ass off about it 
And what happened was she, instead of just letting it go, she confronted the guy. She's like, hey, why did you say this? Why did you think this was funny? Like, and she, and she was completely in the right to do so. And he was like, oh, you know, we're just, we're just having a laugh. It's just a joke. Like, she says, no, I have to deal with this every day. Like, this is insulting to me. And he's like, oh, it's not about you. And she's like, well, how is it not? Right? How is it not about me? How is it not about women in the workplace at this job? So he, and the, why I'm bringing this up is because he got fired from his job. He worked for a company, he worked for Hydro One, and he got fired. Um, mm -hmm. I And I think it wasn't actually that guy. I'm not sure what happened to the guy who said it, but it was another guy who was defending him who got fired from Hydro One. And that's that's crushing, right? So this this kind of thing, we'll come back to it about people getting fired for doing certain things online. But that mm -hmm. was my first, my first view of it. And I did a follow-up and I just looked back at it. And he did get his job back. He got it. He was fired in May 13th, 2015. Got his yeah. job back in November uh, 2015. And I think that has to do with the laws, the Canadian laws of um, firing an individual, which mm -hmm. we will get into as well, because there's a there's a fair bit of difference between how the United States and how Canada deals with somebody getting fired. So what what do you think of that one? You remember that controversy at all? I totally remember that one. That's funny. Yeah, like that, that that was the one that you brought up. Like, I totally did not have that, like, in my memory at all, mm -hmm. until you brought that up. I just remember watching the specific clip of her at the at the soccer game or whatever, re like mm -hmm. re reporting, mm -hmm. and the guy coming up behind, like, I remember watching that and remember seeing him getting like fired and stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what my what, what my original thoughts were. But like, I I obviously don't think he was he should have done that at all. Like to me, that shows like a potential pro to cancel a culture. Like obviously it's not it's like something harmful that he's saying. Mm -hmm. So then the question becomes, and I guess this is where we're gonna get into our discussion. Well, I also want to add the caveat that he is now banned from all different uh, MLSE events. And if you don't know mm -hmm. what MLSE is, that's um all the Toronto sport, big sporting events. So Raptors, Maple Leafs, uh, TFC. And, and TFC. He can't ever go back into those venues unless they lift the ban for some reason, which is pretty terrible if you're a big fan of, of Toronto sports. So that would be kind of crushing. But the question becomes, is that a fireable offense? Do we feel as though he should have lost his job, his livelihood, potentially his wife's livelihood and his kid's livelihood if he had those? Um is that enough to fire someone? And obviously the court in Canada found as though it wasn't because he got his job back and he must have appealed. So mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on that portion of the cancel culture? It's 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 a hard argument to have because it, it's something he did outside of work, right? So it, it wasn't like he did it on work hours or work time or in the presence of his work or whatever. So it's something that he's doing outside of that. So it, it's it's on one hand it's super rough that like any sort of action that you do that is potentially seen as <clears throat> wrong or like obviously his case it was like it's hard to argue that that was misogynistic or not right like it totally was yeah but like less lesser ones that are sort of just having an opposite opinion and getting canceled like and then losing your job or income off that is just super hard to justify mm -hmm. 
because like obviously income and, and work is super important. Yeah. And that's what I, when going into this cancel culture um, research, uh, small research that we did, I kind of thought it was only for people who are public figures, only for those who have some sort of weight to their words, weight to their actions, whether yeah. it be actors or politicians or influencers, which is now a, a very broad term, but that's what I kind of thought it was only for, but it's, it's definitely has, it's grown. It's grown more and more to those people who have, um, who have just normal day-to-day -day lives. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think we've kind of covered how cancer culture is evolving, but I want to go to the source and kind of figure out why it is, why did it start to begin with? Johnny, mm. do you have any thoughts on how well, it got started? Like the way I sort of like view it is like, like because of like the way technology and social media is like, everything is so far reaching. Like mm -hmm. everything is global. Everything's sort of like under this magnifying glass, like these ideas and things that people believe like back in the day, they never made it very far. They never made it outside their circles. Like in order, for, like back in the day, like you'd have to get on your horse and ride to another town and be like, <laughs> like yeah, to, like it's totally different now. Like it's, you can talk to someone all the way across half the world and they're going to have such a different upbringing and environment and their views are going to be totally different. Like, like a rural American with a like a mega yeah. city goer is going to have way different opinions and views of, of specific things. Yeah. And like, I think that's sort of where these difference of opinions become like start. And that's sort of maybe where like the canceling begins because a lot of canceling is just like people like expressing a different view mm -hmm. so these i feel like these people like say like they're in the minority and they're trying to express a view and they're getting like attacked like they almost feel like their ideals are getting like attacked like their their culture their beliefs or traditions they're kind of being like viewed in a light that is like racist or sexist and bigoted. And that sort of makes them really angry. Yeah. <clears throat> so like that, I could see why that's sort of why they sort of hate like conservatives in general, sort of hate cancel culture mm -hmm. because like the far left is just dumping on all their views and like saying they're like super racist and, and stuff, which mm -hmm. to an extent some is, and some is not, but it's just the, that difference of, of opinion and viewpoints <clears throat> right yeah i i think so what you kind of covered there for sure is how on the on the right wing people are kind of they have certain opinions that are not agreeing with people on the left wing but i think how cancel culture started is with a group of people who are who who don't have a lot of privilege let's say or like people who kind of have, they had less of a voice in society and they felt as though society was holding them down or holding them back. And these can be people of color or, or women or minorities of any kind, right? That are kind of getting pushed out of normal society. And as a white male, I have to kind of, I have to say like, we are probably the most privileged and we kind of have the biggest 
step up really. And, and what people were doing was they were using social media as a means to level the playing field, essentially. They were holding accountable those who had power and, and specifically those who, not those who had power, but specifically those who were abusing their power for, for evil means, I guess. Yeah, evil being not the best word, but mm-hmm. uh, how I would describe it. So, so what they were doing is they're organizing as a group. And we'll talk about how government can play a role in certain cases um, what, because somebody literally breaks the law and then it's found out. But these are people who, who haven't broken the law and were still abusing their power in some way, whether it be through racist actions or um, misogynistic actions, right? That needed, that they, that those people with less power believed was an overreach and wanted to cancel them and, and make them pay, I guess, for, for being too crazy with their power. So that, that to me is the origin. And then with what you're saying, it for sure is linked because people don't think that their that their actions are cancelable, right? They mm-hmm. they feel like they don't they don't fall into the category of overreaching with their power. And this is where the divide begins and this is where people really have issues with um with what's going on. So Yeah, to I, to yeah, build on like on your point, I think it has a lot to do with like the internet is sort of like the wild west like there's few regulations like there's no state controlled policing right and and sort of the public coming together to sort of fill this gap i feel like is sort of like a form of cancel culture Mm -hmm. like it's like it's a form of like a cultural boycott like they they feel like they have like some agency Mm -hmm. they can sort of band together and hold people accountable like you were saying like and then like yeah so that that's where i think that sort of stems from whereas like if uh, but on the other hand it makes it very hard to express certain opinions because if they're gonna like express their like sort of agency and kind of cult like uh cancel people what exactly is sort of their threshold like it, it comes to the point where it almost like it limits this conversation because it almost feels like you're walking on thin ice if you right. say the one wrong thing that opposes this kind of brigade essentially you could be canceled mm-hmm. it, it kind of stifles debate and conversation like it can make even marginalized groups feel even more hesitant to speak out like you were saying like that they can sort of hold people accountable but at the same time like the white people like us are super privileged like to us it'd probably be the same sort of argument going the opposite way that they can feel marginalized and attacked just as easily as them coming together to hold someone like white accountable right Mm um yeah so I think from there, we've kind of listed a good amount of pros and cons. Um, I wanted to get into some specific examples because I was listening to um, a TED Talk by a man named John Ronson. And he was explaining 
and the name of the TED talk was how one tweet can ruin your life. And this was explaining about uh, a lady who, whose name will remain nameless, I guess, but she was in a small company. She had like 150 Twitter followers and she would tweet like little jokes or whatever. And one day she was traveling to Africa and she was getting off the plane and she said, she tweeted out to her followers a little joke that pretty much went like this landing in Africa. Hopefully I won't get AIDS. Haha. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm white. So you can kind of huh. see where the issue is with this tweet. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems pretty gross on the surface, but it's less so from her. What she was really trying to do was make a joke about how privileged white people were like an in joke right like a joke that is a bit meta Mm -hmm. that has a layer but what twitter did to this joke was take it on face value that she was absurdly racist and and this tweet you know it doesn't it's not a very it's not a very sanitized tweet you know what i mean It, it, it it comes off really rough so what ended up happening was a lot of people on twitter found out about this tweet they started abusing they, they started calling her out there was an obvious cons- concerted effort to cancel her and what happens when these situations arise is that a large group of people will start using it for monetization you know or usually there's people who who are trying to support a foundation so they're like oh so and so is saying she hopefully she doesn't get aids why don't you donate to this aids uh foundation kind of thing so these people jump on and then Mm -hmm. there's the people who are doing the in-depth research okay uh who does she work for has she said anything like this in the in her past um who like where does she live where is she from these these are the in-depth researchers then there are the people who just call for her to be fired they're just like fire this lady we need to get rid of her she's terrible she's awful in society we need to get we have less of these people in society then there's the people who start lashing back out at her, calling her vicious things, yeah. saying awful things that were like 10 times worse than what she said. Like, I hope you get AIDS or I hope you get <laughs> like, I hope somebody has unconsensual sex with you and gives you AIDS and you get pregnant. Like all this crazy, crazy stuff on Twitter. Yeah. But of course, in the end, what is happening is she does get she loses her job. And she can't find employment elsewhere, right? So this is the... I wanted to bring this up because this is kind of how most cancellations go nowadays. Yeah. Where an individual is says or does something wrong uh, in the light, like you're saying, um, according, to, according to what people think is right and wrong. Yeah. Even though if you were to just ask her, um, what did you mean by this tweet? She was saying, I, I was making a joke about how privileged white people are you know it's less offensive it's still not great but it's less offensive um and then you kind of what yeah so what happens is that people just take this and then it turns into a snowball and it just rolls and rolls and rolls and and she ends up losing her livelihood yeah it goes past like what it's meant to be like people just take it way too serious Mm-hmm. Like this is, I think we f- we probably have loads of examples of this type of thing where someone does something like borderline, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, like, eh, like maybe you shouldn't have said that. But then there's like this 
big group of people that take it way too far mm -hmm. and like to me like it, it does more social bad than it does social good like one cancellation mm -hmm. of someone's livelihood but also like constant harassment and like one of the smash bros examples like zero mm -hmm. he was like essentially caught for like grooming a minor and stuff it got canceled and this and that right like fair he did something he should not have been doing mm -hmm. but like the constant i assume the harassment just kept going and, and it followed him and just recently it came out that he was like he, he attempted a suicide attempt wow which like then all of a sudden that social good of canceling him i th i think gets to the point where it becomes like almost a social bad because it's just taken way too far yeah and i think i think what we want to talk about uh with regards to something like that is what why doesn't the justice system step in or like what yeah totally. why why isn't there because you you were talking to me earlier about canceling cancel culture and you said well i don't think it's anything that has to do with something that is illegal right because yes. the, the government system should step in take up the case have a proper court case like we we know and determine if that individual is guilty or not right yeah but um you know in this case for example he was grooming a minor why was there no court case or was there one do you know i am not i don't think there was a a court case afterwards but i have an example of one with nairo so stuff came out and it was like he had sexual relations with a minor okay and he got canceled and banned on twitch and this and that and he was in deplatformed yeah okay deplatformed yeah and then there was like a potential court case coming up but it was him suing the accuser oh jump so everyone's knee-jerk reaction was let's get rid of this guy right. a year later court case comes out he was the victim he was raped oh wow so he, he was he got canceled and everything off someone's knee-jerk reaction because one person went to twitter and he was actually the victim the court case came out i i this is as far as i like no i could be i could be wrong here but okay yeah, so once once the justice system actually kicked in and not just people running around on social media mm -hmm. it was turned out that he was not he was the victim mm -hmm. so not only did he lose his livelihood but he was he was, was also, also the victim yeah yeah and he was getting harassed he was i assume twitter probably harassed him went after him and stuff because that's what they tend to do right <laughs> so these are terrible things, and we want to kind of we're, we're going over cancel culture, but we want to give both sides. And this this example where there's no justice system intervention, mm -hmm. I think, is what cancel culture is meant. Like one of its primary functions was to <clears throat> to to remove people who had been overlooked by the by the justice system who had done terrible things. So there there have been cases where people have not been not been uh, prosecuted and i think of one example of a he was in um university and he raped a female a female behind a garbage can in an alley and was and had gotten off on the case and was not in prison and this was mainly due to the fact that he had connections he had a lot of money his parents bailed him out 
and they paid for the best lawyers and they got them off. So now Twitter sees it as, well, not Twitter, but a large group of people on social media sees it as their job to make this guy's life, um, to, to make him con- condemn, to condemn him because of the terrible thing that he did, mm-hmm. where the justice system missed, right? But so maybe this is, this maybe is the they should be going after the justice system and not what yeah, they feel is the problem their with right that somebody, right? is that it's very very hard to <laughs> take down a whole system, whereas it's much easier to make somebody else's life. It's, um, yeah, hard. and that's and that's probably leads to one of the questions where we're gonna have down the line with like, do we actually think it's doing anything? Is it actually making any changes? Right. Is it accomplishing anything? Like, instead right. of going after the bigger change, like maybe the justice system, mm-hmm. they're going after like one individual. Like, rather than going for systemic mm-hmm. problems, they'll go after one individual. Well, here's where I'm going to give you um, a good case of cancel culture. I think I think mm-hmm. this this ended up working out quite well, and this is ha- this has to do with the Bon Appetit magazine. I'm not sure if you've heard of it or know anything about it, but. What ended up happening, the Bon Appetit magazine and group it was a large group that did a lot of work with food. They were in the food industry. They created a magazine, and then they displayed, fu- they displayed food um, all throughout the last, I think it was the last five years or so. They started getting bigger and bigger. And they also had a very big YouTube channel, and it, and it centered around these cooks working in a test kitchen and in that test kitchen they would make all sorts of fun recipes and do all sorts of fun things and they had a huge following on youtube but when what ended up coming out after the george floyd protests um was people started obviously feeling more empowered and they didn't want to be people of color didn't want to be um looked down on at their place of work and it came out that the bon appetit magazine and the whole organization of bon appetit was being very very racist like pretty much just straight racist they were underpaying those people of color compared to the people the white people they weren't giving them the same opportunities they had people of color just to fill quotas and look good on youtube Mm -hmm. and all of it was really really egregious racism in my opinion um if you want to hear if you if you want to look for some reporting on this please feel do feel free to kind of get more meat and potatoes of the of, of the case, but I'm just going to give you that basic overview. And what ended up happening is I think the YouTube channel got shut down. I think a lot of people got fired, canceled. They got canceled. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, for good reason. And now this is where you are saying, well, why can't we go after the justice system? And in this case, it was a system. It was, a, it was the system within the Bon Appetit Corporation that brought them down because it was an inherently racist. So things like that, where people come out with stories on social media. Let's say it was a previous employee. She came, she comes out with a story and then somebody else feels empowered to come out with their story who had also been an employee. And then these things kind of get added up and then social media comes out and says, hey, what you've been doing is wrong and we are not going to support you anymore. We're going to boycott mm-hmm. you and therefore you're going to go out of business. Like this is a good example. Do, what do you think of this well, example? Like, to yeah. me, the the justice system should be in a place where these people feel comfortable to report to the authorities and not have to go straight to social media to get the traction, right? Mm-hmm. So, so in this case, do you think they should the, have gone to the justice system? Well, that's that's like 
probably the what's wrong with the justice system, right? Is they these people don't feel like they would have the authorities would have done anything, so they go to social media. Like I don't blame them for that. Right. I'm just saying that it should be separate from social media. Like this justice system justice system should be in favor of them going there first then going to social media first. Right. I just don't think in a case like this, you're going to have the justice system on your side because what the justice system would have to do is say, hey, uh, pay your employees the same amount. And then they would go, no, we have every privilege and right to pay our employees what we want to pay them. And they can come up with all sorts of justification. This person, you know, doesn't do as good of work as this other person, but they can still have systemic racist biases within those. Right. So that's where I think cancel culture is doing good. Um, by showing, you know, that these corporations are are inherently racist, and it it's interesting that you you think, okay, maybe the justice system can help in this regard, but to me, this one is out of that out of their hands, you know. Only because of the product of of where they're at, right? Like, if if it, in an ideal world they were perfect and they could do investigations and figure this out, then we wouldn't essentially need cancel culture right like yeah, this is exactly I mean, the point but, where but where we're not at that point we're not we're not failing, there right well yeah to you in your opinion the state is failing but to other people who are more um they want more free speech or less regulations right they think the state is fine they think that the free market will take care of this right this is the free market idea and that's where cancel culture comes in they say we are the you know kind of like uh this this product is is negative for these reasons, so we'll find a different market. We'll find we'll we'll find a new company that's less racist, right? Mm-hmm. So it depends on your point of view. And we're and even if we um we wanted to get to that, even if we all agreed we want to get to that perfect system where the state can take take care of these, we're just not there yet, right? Yeah. So what do we do in the meantime? Yeah, like it. I don't think we're really super disagreeing. Like I. I think going to social media is 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 the right thing to do because of the failure of the justice system, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's not like in every like say the justice system was great, going to social media first, like to me, like doesn't seem the right thing. It's only because it's a product of a failure of right the in certain system. regards. Yeah. Like I don't blame them for doing that at all. Like I think that's probably what was best. Mm-hmm. It's just, um, it's 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 tough to really understand where these people are coming from when they go to the social medias because they are people of color, right? And they yeah. inherently have a uh, less faith in the justice system, and yeah. they're probably right in having less faith in the justice system. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, you know, have grown up kind of a different life than them. We kind of feel yeah. like we can go to the justice system, and oh no, without a doubt, yeah, right. And it'll and be the, easier for us to get. To... And it's the same with with women too, with like the Har- Harvey Weinstein stuff. Yeah, like them them trying to take down like a wealthy white man for the crimes that he committed, right? Like they're obviously they went to social media mm-hmm. because they know the justice system wasn't going to help them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But it, like in turn, like it eventually came and and did do its job after the social media outrage, right? Yeah. So that's the other thing is uh, what comes first, the justice system or the cancel culture attempt, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if the cancel culture attempt comes first, 
the justice system will most likely follow if the case is there. If it's if the case is not there, then the cancel culture will continue, right? If they feel the the case should have been there, or if it was something that just wasn't uh, like illegal, right? Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I think um I kind of wanted to move move on a little bit here. So, what I wanted to go over was kind of I mean, we talked about politics a little bit, but yeah. I heard an interesting argument on a podcast that was explaining why the right wing wants to continue to talk about cancel culture in the current media environment. And they explained that when you look at politics as left and right wing, those who are on the right wing, they're kind of divided when it comes to economic issues. So for example, what should the minimum wage be? What benefits should be, should there be? What should we have healthcare? All these kind of economic issues the right-wing individuals are more divided, but what they are united on is social issues. Most of them really don't like cancel culture, right? On the right wing. Whereas on the mm-hmm. left wing, people are mo- more united about economic issues. They are, they all want minimum wage to be higher. They all want free healthcare, this kind of thing. But when it comes to social issues, they are divided. So when you look at the current media environment of what's happening, if you look, if you watch more right-wing leaning news outlets, you'll probably see them talking about cancel culture. And recently there was a scandal, well, not a scandal, but there was um, the news that Dr. Seuss had removed some of their books from publication and that Mr. Potato Head was now being relabeled as just Potato Head. Now, to me, these issues are not, these are not cancel culture. No. This is because, and I'll explain that they're not cancel culture because Potato Head is made by Hasbro and they can make whatever decisions they want to about um, how the how the product is named or displayed or sold. And the publisher doesn't want to publish some of Dr. Seuss's books because they have racist imagery. That's just them updating what the, what their beliefs are, right? They want to yeah. be they want to be a better product. They want to have better products and kind of convey their ideas by what they're selling. And to me, that's not cancel culture. That's two companies kind of coming up with different ideas of how they want to portray their brands. This is normal in the environment of of all markets, right? They update their product. But what's happening is the right-wing media is jumping on this and saying cancel culture, they're canceling Dr. Seuss, they're, de- they're canceling Mr. Potato Head, which is just, to me, not true. And I think you agree with that, right, John? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So what's what they're doing, though, is they're trying to keep you they're trying to keep the people on the right united. Like I said, they want them all to be focused on this idea of cancel culture and why it's bad and why it's removing things that you had loved in the past. So <laughs> if you're if you're kind of if you're kind of looking at the full environment of what's going on, and this is in the United States, um, the Biden administration has released a huge package for the economy that's like 1.3, 1.8 trillion dollars, like a huge to go, huge recovery package for the COVID vaccine and and the and how they're dealing with the COVID virus, right? But the right wing media doesn't want you to focus on that mm-hmm. because people are divided on their side about how that package is being is being uh, delivered. They want you to be uni- united about cancel culture. So it's interesting to me that we have this group of people on the right who don't like cancel culture and we, if we ask them dearly they would say we don't like it we don't want it anymore we want it to go away we want it to stop but 
the media on the right wing is using it to keep viewership and to keep people enraged at the left. So it's kind of a, a weird system where they actually, the media, the right wing media does want it, but the people truly don't want it. Johnny, yeah. do you have any thoughts about this? Does that make sense? I think it makes total sense. They're just trying to like keep everyone enraged and, and fueled up and ready to like pounce on anything. Like, mm-hmm. um, and, it, and it's, and it, and the people, when they keep constantly getting like more and more about this cancel culture, like, especially with the Mr. Potato and Dr. Seuss, like they're like, Oh, I grew up with these. I, I read these and, and now they're getting canceled. Like, I look I grew up just fine and I read these like yeah, th- yeah it's it's stemming back to their beliefs and their traditions are now being seen as like racist and stuff they're mm-hmm. that then that like feels the anger even more and then that makes them focus on things that are less important mm-hmm. like it's could be one of the reasons why someone like Donald Trump and more of these super rights are being elected because they're they're just saying stuff that are more like what gets the most views and the clicks rather than what's like more important, Mm -hmm. such as what's inside this big bill. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think we, we can't leave out the left wing group that is divided on cancel culture because there are a lot of moderates. And I listened to Bill Maher um, when researching this podcast and he is a left wing individual. He has very strong, views on why the right is bad and what they're doing for their con- the country is bad, but he doesn't like cancel culture. Yeah. And he specifically cited one example with regards to a worker that, um, that I looked into a little deeper and he was a, he's a normal worker. He was working for a company that he really liked and he had a tough time getting that job because he was a person of color and he was seen driving by um, and he was doing the white power symbol, which I'm not sure if you know what that is, but it's pretty much the okay symbol with your hand where you have three fingers out and you have, uh, I better stop doing that. What the, like the A-OK thing? Yeah. That's, that's now, white power? That means white power now. Yes. So this is like one of those things that most people don't know. Like for you, you, you're not on social media, you don't know this, but it has been used if you watch, um, Trump rallies, they'll they'll put out this symbol kind of to be to be egregious, I guess. Man, to they, be... they take Pepe and now they take yeah a okay <laughs> yeah it's all gone. So he was seen making this symbol, and the social media storm began, and he got he got um, he got removed from his position. And and when you look at the case a little deeper, he was he was um. I think he he was a Latin American, so he wasn't really a a white individual who was who was shouting for white power with this symbol, but he was caught in a company car making the symbol outside of his vehicle, and the company. Now this happened after the George Floyd protests, and I think this is a big issue with what's going on, is that the company wanted to appear as though it was less racist in nature and wanted to put out a good public opinion and therefore fired him without doing mm-hmm. any real investigation into him and who he is and uh, what he was actually doing. So I, wanna, I wanted to talk a little bit about this, how companies are 
taking the wrong actions when it comes to helping make their workplaces less racist or misogynistic or bigoted in any way is they are just trying to use small scapegoats and firing the wrong people to make their company outward outwardly looking better to the general public so yeah what did mm-hmm. you think about that yeah it i don't know to me a lot of this stuff just seems super like knee-jerk like the first sort of mm-hmm. reaction that comes to mind it's what everyone like sort of pounces on mm-hmm. um like to me like a lot a lot of the stuff like i feel like it kind of has to hinge on sort of the context and like the intent mm-hmm. like like if he if he was just throwing that symbol out with like no malice like there was like no motive or intent of any sort like to me that seems a little not as bad as someone that's like specifically targeting somebody mm-hmm. for the company image like i like it's hard to blame the company because that it's like sort of the right because of their image Mm -hmm. like they want to portray a good image and and since he was doing it like via company truck like it gives them even more incentive right it wasn't something outside of work that he was doing yeah he was painting that company in a bad light yeah this is where i wanted to kind of circle us back to the initial example i gave with the man at the tfc game because in canada when he got fired he appealed and got his job back but in the united states they don't have the same laws that protect you from a wrongful uh termination Mm -hmm. so in this case the guy got fired and he can't really do anything to get his job back the company kind of has the right to fire him for whatever reason they feel which is kind of sad and and, you know that's maybe one of the systemic things that we want to change but is much more work and then the other thing i wanted to bring up was what how would we feel how do we feel about the guy the men who were at the charlottesville rally that was so um terrible the men who were holding tiki torches and screaming white power and and other terrible things about uh, other uh, religious groups they were they were found on social media and their faces were in many pictures and i believe a lot of them got fired from their jobs so do we feel that's a pro for cancel culture that those individuals paid a price and were removed from their job or do we think that they shouldn't have lost their job this is the discussion like what do you think johnny yeah like hmm the way i sort of would want to try to frame it is is if it's like like a social good like if getting rid of these people rather like if if canceling them provides more good than bad like if if they're getting canceled and they're sort of changing and reforming and then like being reintroduced or whatever for example like getting a new job afterwards mm-hmm. then i could see that being like a good thing because they said like they're changing and not harming people anymore or mm-hmm. saying hateful things whereas if if say they they do change and they can't get a job back or anything I think that's sort of like a social negative. Yeah. I think the issue, the issue I'm seeing is that when somebody would is canceled like this and they potentially lose their job, we we're in a situation where that person is now even more 
entrenched in their original ideas, right? Oh, I like, for example, the Charlottesville, those people were fairly right wing. They had racist ideals and then they see that they're getting canceled and they lose their job. Oh, the left wing mob did this to me on social media. I hate them even more. There's yeah. almost less chance of them reforming, I think. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And, and of course, down. yeah. And of course, they don't think their ideas are wrong to begin with. But we as a society believe their their ideas to be wrong. And yeah. sh they should reform. So this is where the like it's the it's, it's like in ideas it's like a back. harmful opinion though. It's not like, for example, like the Dixie Chicks. They in two thousand and three at a concert they mentioned that they didn't support the Iraq War, mm -hmm. and were ashamed of Bush, and they got essentially canceled for that. Right. Like they got blacklisted from thousands of country radio stations. They got loads of backlash, death threats. They damaged their like sales, and they couldn't sell very many tickets when they went south. Mm -hmm. They got shunned from the country music awards. Like that, to me, saying that isn't a harmful thing at all. That's just a difference of opinions. They didn't like war. But for them to get essentially canceled for that, to me, that seems horrendous. Like that is not what cancel culture should be about right and but, that sort of stems over to like you're like when you're like walking on thin ice like you got to be careful of what you're saying because it's yeah. not always just the hateful or harmful things mm -hmm. so yeah we have to try to so what you're saying is we need to find the line between what is harmful and what is just an opinion right yeah and maybe just a contrary opinion to popular belief um compared to a harmful opinion yeah, yeah I, I agree it's, with that it's a tough one because then if something is like hateful or harmful or such to me that's when the state should sort of be handling it because mm -hmm. there's certain laws and rights and stuff people have right mm -hmm. where yeah. then if that's the case then culture cancel culture shouldn't really have a place yeah but yeah we've been over that discussion and uh I think I think I want to kind of move on from this. Did you have any final thoughts about this before we move on to our next? No, I think okay. I think. Yeah. OK, cool. So what I wanted to go over next was this idea of separating the art from the artist. And what I mean by that is in recent times, last five, 10 years, we've seen a lot of public figures who are actual like common everyday names household names um, be reported for terrible acts. You know, we have Chris Brown, we have Bill Cosby, stuff like this. Now, do we, and, and a, a bunch of other stand-up comedians, um, do we stop watching their stuff? Do we completely remove ourselves from their different media sources do we stop listening to their music do we stop watching their shows do we never rerun their comedy specials do we never have them on a new comedy special um all this stuff what do you think and are we able as human beings to separate the art from the artist it's that's a it's a tough one like to me i i would not want to support that artist mm -hmm. but like the art is still there yeah that's the part that is so tough 
like in order like there's like to me getting rid of all the art it would be like a form of censorship Mm. because the art is there like it's it's sort of like like say like a book or something there's a an author that gets like ousted or whatever Mm. or outed and like all of a sudden what we burn the book and censor all the book like to me that seems like we have laws against censorship and stuff yeah yeah so so if there was ways of not supporting the artist but still consuming the art would be the perfect form in my opinion yeah i think what people are kind of thinking is like let's say that um we're talking about music and there's a musician who people love and then something terrible comes out about them and all their songs are played on the oldies hits and all this stuff so now the radio the radio company has to make a decision do we stop playing all their music right well for the the, for the radio station when they when they play the music they have to pay for it right yeah so if there was a way of them not having to pay the artist then they could i i would make an argument for them being able to play the song oh so if it was free for them to play yeah because if they're paying they're paying the artist they're supporting the artist right huh interesting okay but at the same time i guess you could also make the argument if is if you're playing this art well also while not supporting the artist you're also sort of can not condemning their behavior yeah exactly so then people listening would who disagree would stop listening and you might lose viewers or listeners right yeah they're yeah. like oh i i don't like this guy i, I don't want to listen to any of his music right it's, yeah and some people you're allowed to have that opinion i just i'm just wondering um can we do this as human beings yeah so i mean my other example for you is you know christopher nolan he's he's a brilliant director many of your favorite movies have come from him what if it came out that he was you know doing terrible things and people got on to him and they canceled him and he didn't uh, commit any crimes but he you know got canceled and then he came out with a new movie he has a brand new movie it looks great a bunch of new actors we never heard of but they're all the, the trailer looks amazing would you watch that movie to me i would not go to the theaters and watch it Okay, so you'd pirate it in some way or something or try to watch it for free? I'd try to watch it in a way that I would not support the artist, which is because in in a lot of like the actors, they get sort of paid for the movie. So the movie's already made. They have their flat amount or whatever, right? Yeah. So essentially, it'd be like not supporting the studio that okay. hired nolan for example yeah so with that in mind like most studios wouldn't do that they wouldn't hire nolan and then he would be pretty much out of a job yeah right? so like it, it, it if like it would be have to be something super serious that he would not could not reform from yes and this was another it's a good that's a good uh, segue to reformation individuals online and people who have done terrible things that are not illegal just kind of harmful um they have done them in the past or they used language that is not appropriate today 
like what how do we judge individuals reformation how do we know that they've reformed because we see a lot of people digging into other people's history when they go to cancel them and yeah. there's two thoughts one is oh you're getting you're just trying to get them you know when you look at their history you're just trying to make it seem like they're bad but they could have reformed but the yeah. other thing about searching into their history is to say no they've had a pattern of of let's say racism they've had a pa a pattern of racism for a long time and they're just inhibit they're just showing their normal behavior their normal racist behavior to the world now and this person needs to be stopped we've looked at their history they've done it a bunch of times yeah yeah i think so, there's a, a big difference there um one example i have is was james gunn do you ever hear about him no i haven't so he was the director of like guardians of the galaxy oh okay so he he made like a comment about trump criticizing trump in like 2018 mm -hmm. so they they ended up digging into his older tweets from like 2008 2012 sort of thing right and he had made jokes about like rape and 9-11 and child abuse but it wasn't like he had made jokes all the way up to present day right so then he got loads of backlash for these old old tweets mm -hmm. um he came out with a big apology and such and disney fired him right and this is a, an interesting example because it was almost like the contrary to to uh cancel culture where loads and loads of people came to his defense lots of celebrities all the cast of guardians of the galaxy like he got a big showing of support on how like how this was not him right so and then jump like eight months later disney actually rehired him oh okay so yeah i think you're right like the knee-jerk reaction needs to stop i think mm -hmm. and, and we do need to but we need to have proof of reformation i think it's another yeah. it's another very difficult thing because somebody can issue an apology but that that could be a hollow apology and, yeah no totally and then like 10 months later start saying it again like mm -hmm. at that point then you could they're obviously not changing their views like mm -hmm. and then you need to give them a third chance and then <laughs> yeah then, like, that's oh, where it's tough yeah yeah okay well that's that's mainly most of the things i wanted to go over with this discussion but let's get into some questions yeah, i just want to quickly touch on sort of i yeah. think like um censorship sort of plays a bit of a role in in some of this cancel culture yeah um like the first amendment in the states essentially says like it protects the freedom of speech and expression against all levels of go government censorship mm -hmm. and direct censorship of the internet is prohibited so a lot of people see like them posting something on twitter and twitter banning it being like this is not right you shouldn't say this mm -hmm. as like a against their first amendment against sort of their like it's a form of censorship and that sort of angers them right yeah um like in in august 1st 2015 to and up to august 1st 2016 so in one year there was 2.6 million tweets involving anti-semitic comments okay so it's it's so lots of hate speech is beginning to like be more prevalent mm -hmm. so it's it's super tough for social media platforms because on the like the the u.s with their first amendment is 
the hate speech is technically protected under the first amendment so like almost anything goes whereas on the other side the the platforms are getting like hit by the eu and advertisers to sort of clean up right so I, like it's hard to fall on what side because the eu is like we shouldn't be we shouldn't have all this hate speech but on the american sort of first amendment everything goes yeah and it is like a lot of it's sort of viewed as the public sphere of discussion is sort of um moving to on online with like twitter right but i this is where i sort of disagree with the with that with the public like the public sphere being the area and social life where individuals come together to speak freely to discuss and identify societal problems and through that discussion influence political action yeah so for example super important yeah go on. for example parks arenas like venues like or streets like any sort of public place mm -hmm. so to me going to twitter and saying that's the new public sphere is is not correct because twitter is like a private corporation yeah the only thing they care about is their profits mm -hmm. so like the internet sort of eliminates an element of randomness it produce it like re reduces exposure to a variety of views and perspectives and and with the internet it's super easy to have like a confirmation bias oh yeah yeah so it seems to be like showing this large polarity and divide these days like where like whereas twitter like they'll just start banning you for certain things because like they'd be harming their profits mm -hmm. whereas so like some people think oh that's my freedom of speech yeah but, but at the same time, yeah. you're accepting their terms of service to use their platform. Yeah, exactly. And I was just going to say that with regards to this, like freedom of speech, well, you're not you're not actually getting um, arrested or anything like this. I mean, yes. in 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 the UK, in the UK, in the sorry, I'm not sure about the UK anymore because it's not a part of the EU. But in the <laughs> EU, um, they do have they do have punishments for those who do hate speech. So it's it's a it's a law. But in the United States, you're not going to be arrested, but the market decides. So Twitter doesn't want you because if it has a large group of people who have anti-Semitic views, well, advertisers won't put their money onto the onto Twitter. So if you, okay, what do we do? We're going to have to find a new platform because we've all been banned off of Twitter. Let's go to Parler, for example, which is <laughs> yeah. a new one that got put up. And if you don't know anything about Parler, it was a uh, short-lived, I guess, social media platform that had mostly right-wing individuals who were kind of far right-wing and had um, pretty pretty controversial views, let's just say that. And it, it eventually lost a lot of ad support, and it even lost its ability to go up on the Apple Store and the Google Play Store, which are the two biggest ways to download apps. Um, yeah. So those two cut off Parler. So this... This is kind of another question is, should the companies, you know, one company wants to allow free speech, essentially parlor. They want to allow the most egregious, terrible free speech, but it's all protected under the law. Yeah. But the other two companies, Google and Apple, who support them, who support like, like they're a support platform for parlor. They don't support their ideals. They cut them off. They don't want them anymore. Should that be allowed? 
Yeah, because it's it's sort of like they're censoring the entire program from just the average person to use it. Right. Like in terms of like maybe U.S. policy, like they shouldn't be. But in terms of other parts of the world, it's within their right. So it's it's super hard. There's so many gray areas because everything, all the social media is so global. Yeah. Like with their terms of service and stuff. Like like with people complaining against censorship, like like if you go into a store, like they have rules where like you have to wear shoes and have a shirt in order to shop, right? And if yeah. you don't if you don't follow those rules, you get kicked out. Yeah. If Thanks. you go on Twitter and don't follow their rules, their terms of service, you get kicked out. Like Yeah, yeah. To totally. me, what is the difference? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. For sure um yeah just, so i guess yeah i guess we from there we can move on to the the final segment of sort of just questions that were interesting to us okay let's do it johnny hit me with your first question has it accomplished anything um are we sort of fixating on the minutiae distracting from like attempts to achieve a broader change is there like big names that are being taken down, like politicians? Like who are the most vulnerable, like unknown individuals? Mm. So has it accomplished anything? Yeah, and I think that's the big question, right? And people would say yes, people would say no. Like I said with Bon Appetit, like we that company kind of got removed from society, and I think that was a, a net plus. And, you know, Donald Trump gets banned off of all the social media platforms. And some people would say that's a plus. Some people would say that's a negative. So what, how do we feel about it? And what's the goal, right? We have to ask ourselves, okay, what's the goal of cancel culture? We mm -hmm. want to, we kind of, we kind of want to have people change their thoughts. And I think a lot of people like myself, me yourself had different opinions of certain groups, minorities, maybe before we started to kind of, having an enlightening and, and there was a movement to change people's minds about certain things, especially after the George Floyd protests. And in my personal uh, experience, I changed a lot of the, how I thought, and I really did some reflection and stuff. So this kind of changing the society's um, thoughts and ideals about certain characteristics of our society and how our society could be better is the goal. Is cancel culture doing that? I think it's making people more aware of what they do and say and how, how what they do and what they say can come back and really bite them and really make it hard for them to have a good livelihood. And it's one of, it's one of those cases where every, it feels to me like um, it, it's one of those societies in the olden days where like everything you did was just a, you just died. Like if you, like any, <laughs> any crime you committed, the sentence was always murder. Like the sentence was always death. Death you know? penalty. Death yeah. penalty for everything. He like stole something, death penalty, right? So like this kind of, like that, and I'm comparing that to like, you do anything bad on social media, you lose your job, right? That's kind of the rough, that's kind of how I'm seeing it. Maybe that's not always the case, Yeah. but it really makes people aware that what they're, what they're doing or how they feel about certain other groups or how they perceive their society is is not correct. And they need to change and reform. And, and maybe by everybody doing that and kind of thinking, okay, you know what, I should really act in this manner is gonna make our society a bit better. Now that's in the, you know, in the best light possible. 
but in real life, people kind of get more entrenched in their ideas. Like I said before, people see this cancel culture and they, they, they dislike it even more and they're even more upset and they have uh, even worse. Their opinions that were on the borderline are now further, further into the vicious category. Do you know what I mean? So it's yeah. hard for us to, to say, is this doing anything? Is this accomplishing anything? Are we making progress? It's really hard for us to determine that. I, I don't it's, know. It's whether you believe in individual choice coming together or if the only way you can see change is through policy. It's right. sort of similar to how with climate change and the environment, some people are like, oh, everyone needs to do their part Whereas the other side sees everyone doing their part, making very little difference because, oh, there's only a select few that are doing their part and we need policy change to affect everybody. Right. So if I was to take that approach with, with cancel culture, that we need to aim more towards policy to get rid of systemic racism rather than showing one case at a time right where like it's sort of just reinforcing the left like to me it's not convincing that many people coming over to a more left progressive viewpoint on minorities and stuff yeah whereas we need maybe more policy to more promote or get rid of this systemic racism and you, maybe you see a lot of this. That's why you see a lot of protests is because they want policy change rather than just trying to convince one person at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's it's harder to it's harder to change policy than it is to change an individual's way. But if we can't, and like like you said, it's it's probably better uh for the society to have those policy changes it's just that a lot of people would disagree with them right a lot of people with different upbringings are going to have different different opinions of how the government should um should regulate things and the the biggest example i see is hate speech or it's hate speech right hate speech mm-hmm. isn't is um protected like you can't you can't do any form of hate speech uh and we, we in the sort EU, of but in the United sort States, of going backwards when trump was elected right like Mm-hmm. It sort of undid a lot of progress in in that regards. Yes, but it what the what happened was a lot of people who had these feelings already now felt as though those feelings were justified. So I don't know if the progress was actually there because people were just hiding their true opinions um, until Hide, hiding their true opinions because they were scared of being ostracized. Right. Yeah. And it's funny because one of when we were brainstorming ideas of what we wanted to do for episodes at the very beginning of topics, one of the ones I wrote down was fear of ostracism. Yeah. Which I didn't even think at the time that's pretty much cancel culture in today's day. Yeah. And it's it's hiding your your true opinions from the public realm because you don't yeah. want to be ostracized. And, you know, what does that say about? you as an individual if you have opinions that are contrary to the public belief or what does it say about the public that they won't uh evaluate your opinions and then give you a counter opinion they'll just simply cancel you right yeah so 
<laughs> this is a tough question yeah. and this is a tough topic. So Okay, um, we're we'll move on to the next question that I have. Okay. Sounds good. We we've discussed this a bit, but what what is the correct reaction? What is the correct response? Okay. Should, so like should someone lose their job or not? Should someone be punished like how severity should their punishment be? Yeah. Yeah, so that's a tough one, right? So we have we have kind of made it well what we're doing now doesn't seem to be the right thing in my opinion. We're we're harassing the harassment is part of the the problem, I think. 100%. Uh, I mean, maybe you you're you you know, you you're given an alternative opinion, you know, you come out and you say something terrible um, that is that is harmful. Like let's say you say something that is harmful because it's sexist or racist or whatever. Um, it's not illegal, so you're not you're not put in jail. And people are they make you aware. They say, "Hey, listen, like this really made me feel terrible, and I don't know how to even talk to you." Like, you know, maybe it's somebody personal within your friend group. Like, "Hey, like I, this was terrible. I, reading this made mm -hmm. me cry, made me super upset." And they're like, "Oh well, you know, you have your opinions, and I have mine." And then you know, you kind of have to say, like, "No, like your opinions are just." they're kind of old, they're archaic, they don't make any sense anymore, and you're offending a lot of people. So then they have to kind of have a reckoning. And and this is what I said about reform. Like, what if that person just doesn't want to reform? What do we do yeah. then? Like, what do we do? What, like, and then I guess this is the crux of your question. What, just I, don't, don't, I don't know. Like, yeah. Can do we you feel just... like, just to interrupt, do you feel like those conversations are being had? I guess they, they must be had at some point but i think what a lot what happens a lot of times nowadays is people are in an echo chamber so somebody um says something and everybody that they know and have known for a long time maybe their friends or family they just say yeah okay whatever that's what you say that's how you do the thing but then social mm -hmm. media comes in and they say hey like that's terribly wrong you can't do this and then that person is confused and they're like what it's like i've always said this within my circle mm -hmm. of friends all the circle of friends saying oh this is ridiculous like oh. i can't believe it that you're being attacked i can't yeah. believe you're having all these people come and harass you and then all of a sudden you lose your job and you're like whoa what did i what what what's going on right so I, yeah that that's a really good point there was an, an example recently with a basketball player that was streaming on twitch and he said an anti-semitic word the the k word just oh. randomly playing the game and it totally like like of all the words to say it totally looked like he had no idea what that word meant not a clue but he was just saying it because i think people around him said it right so like it wasn't like it was intention like it wasn't intent of harming anybody he was kind of saying it because people around him said it and it seemed normal like i i might be misconstruing it and he actually did know but like in my view it seemed like he ended up like having to step away from the the team. He got banned on Twitch, all this stuff. And I, I could see people being super confused around that because, well, I've seen people saying this all the time. Like what, what's going on? Not knowing what exactly that word means. Right. Obviously I'm not yeah. saying yeah, it's a good thing to say, but like that's sort of the confusion part where it's like, I, I don't know what, what I did wrong, right? Like, Yeah. And I think that that's what gets people more entrenched in their beliefs is they just don't understand what they did wrong because they've never really been um, 
or they've been using the words terribly wrong. Like this happened with the with the word gay. People use the word gay to mean negative things for a very long time. Yeah. And then it came out like, hey, these people who who are who are gay, they don't like you using this word this way. Totally makes sense. Everybody 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 who had um had a, some logic in their brain was like, Yeah, I don't think yeah. we should we should call the people who are actually that uh, in this negative light. Like we shouldn't use this word in a negative way and people reform their language. It's totally fine. But if somebody literally doesn't know what that means, they're like, what are you talking about? Like, like if somebody actually didn't know the definition of the word gay, they'd be like, yeah. what, what are you talking about? I just, this is just something I use all the time. And then they'd get upset because you're getting canceled. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So what do we do? Well, like, what do we do if somebody like that doesn't understand the word, uses it in a terribly negative way and then doesn't reform? I, I mean, I don't know. It's just, eh. mm-hmm. it, I wonder if there's a way of sort of in like more of an education perspective, maybe informing people of what is more politically correct. Like to me, just saying that sounds odd, but like, for example, like the Redskins, yeah, they got their name changed obviously because it was a slur mm-hmm. and it was terrible. But a lot of people are like, we've always had that. It's why all of a sudden change it now. Like, what's wrong with it sort of thing, right? Yeah. and I Like, think, if there yeah. was a way of maybe updating edu- like education to maybe show what is not right to say these days. Like, I don't know. Things are a product of their times, right? So things changing to be more updated makes total sense. But a yeah. lot of people don't see it that way. Yeah, and I think that's another good thing to touch on is a lot of people had issues with uh, people tearing down statues recently of uh, certain, I mean, in the United States, they were tearing down slaver statues, people who were in the civil rights, in the the Civil War, who fought on the the wrong side, and I'm going to say wrong, and that's my opinion, definitely the wrong side. They were taken down and people are like, hey, you're disturbing history here. Like this is the an appeal to history, in my opinion, which I think is a fallacy for this argument, because you can you can read about that individual in the books and they mm-hmm. will portray them in the correct light in that reading, you know, that yeah. they were not in the right. They were they were terrible people who had these terrible ideas that they wanted to keep slavery around. So if we remove the statue, what we're actually doing is we're removing the glorification of that individual. We're making it so that person is no longer on a pedestal, no longer seen as some sort of uh, brilliant general or something like that. Right. So this is where this is where we we kind of have to see history as, you know, something we can read in a book, not something we should glorify. So, again, what should we do? Can we teach people? Can we try to re-educate them without them losing their jobs? I hope so. That would be mm-hmm. the best approach, in my opinion. How Agreed. we go about doing that, I don't know. Like s- social rehab, that sounds crazy. Um, you know, like it's, you know. Yeah, because a lot of sort of the other punishments seem to be more state involved. Like maybe like some sort of community service or stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas cancel culture is almost strictly like social Yes. And I mean, there are ways for companies who see that their employee is getting attacked online for something they said or did that was bad and have them go to some sort of counseling or some sort of uh, retreat that informs them of what they did. And sensitivity training is a very common thing Mm -hmm. nowadays. Uh, Diversity training as well. So like these kind of programs exist. 
Yeah, and, and I think that stems back to that the guy at the football match where he got fired for a bit and then ended up being able to come back like six months later. Yeah. Like, I assume the company probably followed up to see if he had changed, if he re- reformed, maybe he had to do some sensitivity training like you were mentioning. Like, to me, that seems like an ideal sort of situation to someone having like their job removed. Yeah. And I think jobs, I think, I think as a whole society needs to push that more than people losing their jobs right now. We're, we're not seeing that on social media. When something goes wrong, people say, Hey, they should lose their job. They should lose their livelihood. And uh, yeah. I, I think people overreact to that. And you know what? I th- like, this might be an opinion that uh, people don't share. I think pe- some people really think that those people should lose their jobs or yeah. be ostracized in some way to make them pay. Um, the only way I would see that being realistic is if they, they go through the training and they still are of the same mindset that they can use these terrible f- words or phrases or something like that. And they, they're just hopeless. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. Like it's, it's easy for us to take this opinion, right? Because we're not usually the ones being hurt. Yeah. Whereas if someone's like being hurt and is on the receiving end of it, I could see them getting like angry and not wanting that person to ever come back sort of thing. Right. Yes, for sure. And that, yeah, we, we, again, are very privileged and people who are of color or um, women who feel as though somebody did something like that person did something so egregious, they just shouldn't ever be back in our social circles. They should never be back in society. They would feel angry and hurry. You're right. And we, we don't really know how they're feeling. So that's tough. That's really tough. Yeah. yeah, And that sort of segues into the last question that you wanted to. Yeah. My, my last question is, um, does cancel culture act swifter when it comes to people of color? And and what I mean by this is if a person of color does something that we deem cancelable, how does society work in that regard? And what I'm thinking of is uh, Chris Brown, right? Chris Brown obviously should have been canceled. He was beating his wife. It's terrible. Should never happen. Um, but a lot of people jumped on that really, really quick. And a lot of people, you know, did, said he should have been canceled and canceled him and there was a huge campaign against him but there are many white actors or musicians who have beat their wives in the same position um who you know there's less kind of backlash on them there's less notoriety there's less um pressure from the media and you know what i mean Mm -hmm. there's less of a spotlight now this could be due to the fact that his wife is rihanna who's also very famous but you know what i mean like i i hate to think this but i it feels as though when it's a person of color who's being canceled it's a lot easier for everyone to get on board and i don't know if it's because racist individuals come out of the woodwork but yeah like what do you think like i have another example that might kind of also shine light on this that question like uh i don't know when what year it was but colbert came out with a, a tweet um it was one of those kind of tweets where it seemed sort of questionable on the surface, but it was a joke against like white privilege. Right. Like it had layers yeah. to it sort of thing. Yeah. So it was, it was offensive. It could be seen offensive to Asian Americans. So one, one woman that had some followers um, tweeted hashtag cancel Colbert after the satirical tweet. Hmm. And she just like instantly got like death threats, racism. She yeah. was just sort of like bringing to light, like, oh, I I felt 
hurt to his tweet Mm -hmm. and then everyone just came out of the woodworks and canceled her for having a an opinion that she didn't like of colbert's tweet so like it was like instant and like the harassment just never stopped like she had to get like burner phones and she was like like followed and doxxed and it was crazy that how how swift how swift it was for her as being like an asian american trying to cancel like colbert being like a white guy right yeah and this is because people i think society just looks looks better on those who are white i mean it's unfortunate Mm -hmm. but it's true and i think it's something we have to keep in mind when it comes to somebody who maybe has done something questionable and if you are um you know if you're seeing all this evidence against this person well maybe or or if you're seeing that somebody is getting accused of something and they're a person of color maybe you should double check it because people will jump on them quicker than they will jump on somebody who is white and i mean this is just like the person who committed those heinous murders uh recently in atlanta he he gunned down (laughs) several women of asian descent and the the counts the 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 police chief in charge said oh he was just having a bad day he was just fed up he's just fed up and having a bad day this you can't say that that's terrible fed up with what that's terribly egregious and you know oh he gave him the benefit of the doubt no 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 like you know that would never happen if that was a person of color and um that's yeah part of the issue but johnny this has been a tough conversation i think and i think we're going to close it out do you have any final thoughts what did you think i think it was it went well i think i got most of my stuff mentioned i (laughs) Yeah, my pages on pages on pages, and yeah. we covered a lot of stuff in this. Yeah, this is this is going to be kind of a different one, and maybe we'll do this again with a, a different topic like this or something else that's that's more topical. But we're probably going to head back to more research-based discussions in our next episode, yeah. uh, which we hope you tune into. <laughs> if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if you have anything you want to say, please email us at IQ Minds Podcast gmail.com and let us know give us your hot take about this um about this podcast let us know if we got anything wrong we are also willing to reform if we (laughs) had some (laughs) terrible opinions but let us know and thank you again for listening until next time where we give you something to think about